Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What it do, baby? Well, let's start off with the Eagles. Uh, we're not going to talk very much about them this podcast, but we're still in Eagles hell. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Zach Ertz is most likely out of town, as well as Carson Wentz. And the bane of my existence and most of Philadelphia's Howie Roseman is going to be here for the next 25 years to haunt our lives. And, you know, on top of that, you know who else is going to be here for the next 25 years? J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. How does that make you feel? Well, I mean, nothing's changed. Um, you know, Howie's going to be here for the next year, at least. And, uh, you know, we're going to suck next year, and that's going to be that. That's just the way it's going to happen. Yeah. Now, we have the Sixers. They're on a West Coast road trip right now, and they're not playing like the team that the league has to go through to win a championship, to say the least. Why do you think that is? Lightly. Well, right now, I think they're just, you know, they're not shooting the three ball well, and um, they're not getting enough bench scoring. Um, Shake Milton's been out for this whole West Coast trip, West Coast trip so far. And I think they're missing his scoring, his ability to create his own shot. And uh, no one else on the bench has really stepped up and um, been able to score, you know, that well. So those are probably the two biggest things for me right now. It's their three-point shooting and just not enough bench scoring. Well, we'll, we'll analyze the games that went down and uh, the game tonight against the Jazz. Uh, we're probably going to get this episode out before that game's concluded, but I am scared. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is playing unbelievably. The, their whole team is playing un- unbelievably. Their bench is, is, is great. Uh, they have a great coach in Quinn Snyder. So it's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, I would be, you know, we said before going into this thing that, you know, we should probably win, you know, three of the four games uh, on this West Coast trip. But now we have a chance to, you know, make it 500, which, you know, I would be personally content with. Uh, some people wouldn't be, but. You know, if we if you can steal this game from them, uh, that'd be a big win. And that's how you make it. You know, every team has their ups and downs. There's peaks and valleys, and they might just be in a valley right now. Yeah. Uh, ho- hopefully, they met the valley now and not later in the season. Right. Um, the Flyers, on the other hand, uh, they all have COVID. Every single one of them. <laughs> so yeah, they're uh, yeah they're they're. They're facing what the Sixers had to face when Seth Curry went down for a little bit. But I think it's honestly worse for them right now because um, there's a few guys who have it. So, um, well, I mean, I'm worried about the game on the 21st. I know it's team health first, but if you can't say you weren't looking forward to that outdoor game on Lake Tahoe, yeah. uh, you're not a fan. Um, I, I hope that they can rebound from COVID. I know that. We've seen some athletes in particular struggle after getting COVID. And, you know, I hate to go back to it, but Scott Kingery um, was someone who had COVID and just couldn't find his groove all year. Um, it does impact your lungs and things like that. So hope everyone's okay. Yeah. Um, but you know what else is tough, Chip? Winter. And hey, fellas, we're in the thick of winter and storms are brewing. Looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineer tools for your family jewels. So, Chip, when was the last time you shaved your balls? Uh, A few weeks ago few weeks ago was it fun not really were you using manscaped no unfortunately not yep and uh i will tell you i have been using manscaped non-stop and it, it's great it, between the lawnmower 3.0 and just i love the ball toner it's great it smells fantastic and you, you don't gotta worry about there's just those smelly balls walking around everywhere but speaking of the lawnmower 3.0, it's the best hygiene tool for the modern man. And can you tell me why, Chip? It's because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. Your snags and your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or jacuzzi if you're a savage. Manscaped Performance Package is the best buy of 2021. The Performance Package comes with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0, weed whacker, ear, and nose hair trimmer, 
performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that long-nosed hair is a major turnoff. Might as well use the best tools to do the job. This bundle also comes with the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Crop Reserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant that will make your balls smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking in a winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will make your balls look up at Look up at you and say, hey, thanks. Don't get cold feet this winter. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. They also have a ton of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website, from disposable masks for your pubes to foot deodorant. Again, let's get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. Thanks, Manscaped, for making our winter wieners look so so good i got nothing left chippy what you say cue the rocky music you're listening to a philly sports nation production enhancing your philly sports experience All right, let's get in the huddle and talk some birds, baby. Go birds. Kind of, sort of. I don't even know anymore. I mean, still go birds, but they're going to stink, so. Oh, dude, it's going to be bad. How, how long of a time are we going to be uh, talking poorly about the birds? Probably the next couple of years, honestly. Yeah, when we started this podcast, it was right after they won the Super Bowl, and yep. we thought this was going to be – the golden age of Philadelphia sports media. Like I, I quite literally remember us being like, Oh man, this can't get any better. We just got such a bright future ahead of us, at least for the next five years. And here we are. Um, three years later, I, I can't say that I envisioned this. <laughs> I don't think anyone can say that they envisioned this. You think but we are in for a ride. Yeah, it's going to be a bad one. We're the new Jets. Stop. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, Howie Roseman is just. Uh, yeah. He's proven himself to be. As long as we have Howie Roseman, we are the new Jets. We are going to have Howie Roseman until the day that we die. He's going to yeah. live until, like, 98 years old and be the GM of the Eagles, even with a new owner. Because Howie, Howie finds a way. Howie is killing me. He's the bane of my existence. Uh, he is. <laughs> Every day I, I wake up and I listen to sports talk radio, and all they talk about is, oh, is Wentz going? Is Wentz going? Now, is Ertz going, too? Sounds yep. like it. <laughs> yeah, but on sports radio, they don't talk about how piss poor of a job that, that Howie Roseman has done. Howie Roseman has been unable to draft a foundation for the team. He's, uh, you know, the cap wizard that he is. He, uh, signed, he locked us up with a bunch of crap contracts that we can't even do anything with. And we are worse than the league with the salary cap. And we're about to take a $34 million cap hit because Howie can't get along with someone. Again. Yep. It's kind of like... And, you, pay, and you, gave, you gave him a contract thinking that he was going to be your franchise quarterback, but then the next offseason you draft his replacement. Smart. It's, not, it's like buying a dog that you love and always want it. Getting all the supplies, and I mean, like, I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars of supplies for the dog. Yep. And then giving it away to your cousin. Here's what it's like, all right? So, let's say you're, you're like, a dog trainer that, like, does, like, shows and stuff, right? Uh-huh. So, you get a new dog, you're going to train him up. You know, he's going to be the best. He's going to win trophies and all that stuff. Yeah. But then he gets hurt. Like, he breaks his leg or something. So... You still like you'll 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 wait till he heals up, right? 
and then you give them all this stuff to be good, right? You give them all this these supplies, like you'll, you'll prick train with them, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, you get another dog. Oh, wait, the supplies are defective too, right? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. The supplies are, like, not, they're, like, bottom tier, like, they're not top, top of the line stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you get this new dog, right? And you start training that dog instead of your old dog. And you just stop caring about your old dog. And then your old dog gets sad and angry. And, like, he's like, what about me? I thought we were best friends. But you're, you're like, no, I like this new dog better. And then you just leave the old one to, to rot and die. Yeah. That's what it's like. And then you sell the old dog for... But you don't make money for it. You have to pay money, basically. Yeah, you, you have to pay someone to take the dog off your hands. Right. You have to pay, yeah. And the new dog that you bought hasn't really shown you anything of the potential of the first dog. Yeah. Yeah, the first dog showed way more promise, but you just gave up on him. Yeah. So, like, the, the first dog is sad beyond belief, and the second dog is just like, oh, I'm the captain of this ship now, yep. and can't do anything. Then again, you know, the second dog could be good, too. We just don't know because, you know, it's unproven. Yeah, but the second dog didn't show anything. You know what I mean? Like, he had one good, he had one decent showing. It, it wasn't in, like, the championship either. It was in, like, the no, qualifiers. No. Like, and in, 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 in four four rounds. Right. Which is not enough. It, it didn't win a medal. It, no, it didn't do it. Close, anything. close, close one time. But then yeah. the other three times it went up, it, it just it floundered. floundered. Yeah. yeah. So that's what it's like. And and, but the, we, the fans, are sitting here at home, just sitting at work. In our cars, on our commutes, wondering how this organization could be in any more dismay. This I'm is an organizational failure, and frankly, I'm tired of talking about it. I'm convinced that if you, after the Super Bowl, you said, Howie, like, you're done, you're fired, right? And you put a baby chinchilla in the spot that Howie was as GM, we'd be in a better spot right now. So you put the chinchilla on top of like a twister mat that has different options and it ran to what option. Uh, I'm pretty sure the chinchilla could have randomly chosen a better. Yeah. Yep. We'd be in a better spot with a damn chinchilla as our GM than Howie Roseman. And I'm convinced. How long has Howie been with the organization in total? Like over 20 years, right? Uh, he's been here. He's been with the organization since 2000. It might be 2000. If not like, right around then. <laughs> and then he became GM in 2010, got demoted by Chip Kelly. And then when Chip Kelly left, he got promoted again. I don't understand. And I still don't understand what the hesitation to move on from him now is compared to when Jeffrey Lurie gave the keys over to Chip Kelly. They both are fair. That Howie Roseman can't do his job properly. He keeps trying to go from, he's like going to a flea market to sign receivers and draft receivers rather than, take them from the shelf at a store. Right. I, everyone, I don't understand. Everyone else is shopping at, uh, everyone else is shopping at uh, Aldi, and he's shopping at some thrift store that some guy's selling out of his garage. Now, Aldi's banging, but it still is discount. So is Howie the one shopping at Aldi? All right, fine. Howie's shopping at Aldi. I don't know. What's like a top-of-the-line supermarket? Whole Foods. Yeah, everyone's shopping at Whole Foods, and they're getting players from Alabama, LSU, Clemson, uh, and Howie's shopping at Aldi and getting guys from TCU and Stanford and Oregon and Southern Illinois. Like, I don't know. There's just something about the SEC and Howie Roseman that doesn't mesh. 
I don't understand what it is. I could see maybe going after someone in the Big Ten, but not he doesn't. That. Not even that. Yeah. Other than, My- other than Miles Sanders, no, no one. Terrible, man. Our, let's put it this way. Our draft episode this year is going to – I know. I can feel it. I feel it deep in my soul that I'm going to be so angry. I'm I'm pu- I'm saying it right now. It's either going to be a quarterback or it's going to be Kyle Pitts. Why would we draft Kyle Pitts? Listen, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a great player. I think he has immense potential. Uh, I think he's a guy that doesn't have to play tight end in the NFL. He can be an outside receiver. But that being said, you still have – I mean, if you if they pass on someone like Jamar Chase, I am going to flip my lid. They are going to do that. <laughs> you know yeah. that they are going to do that. Yeah, my no my thing is it, it goes back to the fit. And I agree with you. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a great talent in the draft. I think that he has a lot of potential. But you're going to skip a generational wide receiver for a tight end when you already have Dallas Goddard and Richard Rodgers, even if you get rid of Zach Ertz. And Richard Rodgers was okay last year. He wasn't terrible. He made some plays. Am I wrong? No. I mean, he's not... All pro number one, but hey, pretty solid. He can make a I couple mean, if plays. you get rid of Zach Ertz, then Dallas Goddard immediately becomes a top tight end in the NFL, in my opinion. Yes. So, now, if you want to run a two tight end set, then, yeah, you can throw Rodgers out there. Or just, you know, pick someone else up. Like, don't draft the guy in the top ten. Like, go out and get someone who's a free agent who can be a number two tight end. But don't spend your top ten pick on one. When there's so many other needs on this team. Well, the problem is, I, I also think that they uh, they undervalue defense so much. Howie Roseman in particular. Well, no, there's n- it's not that they undervalue defense. They undervalue certain positions like linebacker. They overvalue positions like offensive line and defensive line. Or he does. Like He doesn't care about linebackers. He'll send me out there and... Be to be as a starting linebacker. You know what I mean? Like he, there's certain positions that he doesn't care about. Before trading for Darius Slay, when was the what was the last shutdown corner we had? Asante Samuel. And you know, Darius Slay didn't have the best game against some top receivers. Like it's tough. I I don't want to say that in a bad way. It's just he needs help. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, yeah, we obviously need a number two corner. And stop stop drafting nickel corners because we have 50 of those. Get someone who can play the outside. I mean, and, he, I mean, and they need help. With, like, they, they, there's no – we don't have safeties. McLeod gets hurt every year now. You know, we don't have safeties. We don't have linebackers. You know, we don't have receivers. I mean, they, they overvalue position. Like I said, they overvalue the, both, both the lines. But – when they get hurt, your whole team is after. So that's why that's why you can't just continue to force, you know, to 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 take guys at the same position because if those guys go down, then you have nothing else. I mean, yeah, it makes absolutely. You're making sense. It's just. I don't know. This is all tough to handle because I, I didn't see the team in this position. No one did. Oh, so who's who's going to be a free agent this year for the Eagles? Right, uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold up, hold up. I'm, I'm going to go down a list of players, and you tell me whether they stay or go. Okay. Jason Peters, get him out of town. Gone. Peace. Jalen Mills. Gone. See ya. Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I, I, would, I would keep him for how cheap he is. I don't care. It doesn't matter. If he stays as good as I don't care. 
Nickel Roby Coleman. Bye. Out of town. Vinny Curry. Bye. Hassan Ridgeway. I like him. He can stay. Cravon LeBlanc. I like him. He can stay, too. Richard Rogers. I'm actually out on LeBlanc, but. Really? Dude, he's injured 24-7, and he hasn't really made any big plays. I'm out. See ya. Nah, I like him. Keep him. Uh, Richard Rogers, yeah, he can stay. Duke Riley. See ya. See ya. Sweet hair, but gone. <laughs> Kevon Seymour. Gone. Corey Clement. See ya. Yeah, I mean, what's. I mean, you know, he had a great Super Bowl, but that's it. Cameron Johnston. Sign that man immediately. Punter? Oh, yeah, dude, 100%. He's got to stay. Josh Perkins. See ya. Yeah, there you go. Rudy Ford. I like, as, I like him as a special team. He can stay. Boston Scott. Yeah, he stays. Nate Gary. See ya. Oh, my God, dude. The fact I'll that he, see ya. The fact that he got he even made a, a team is a miracle. Alex Singleton. He can stay. He can stay, yeah. Greg Ward. He can stay. See ya. See nah, ya. nah, he can stay. Nah, see ya. At this point, I think that you got to move on from Ward, and I think that Jalen Rager has to be the one that's in the slot. Well, I agree, but, I mean, you don't have to. Just pay him as a backup. Like, he's a good yeah. backup when, like, in, in case someone gets hurt, which they will, then he could step in. All right. I mean, I'll agree with that, but Rager has to be the one in the slot because no, I, I, I haven't I, I haven't seen enough from Rager to say, okay, you are definitely – you're a definitive outside wide receiver. I see someone who can't track the ball, and um, just because you got speed doesn't mean you're efficient at your position. Do you see the same thing there, or am I just crazy? I mean, I think he can track the ball. I just think he's not – he, like – you know, it was, it was hard for him to get open. He had trouble tracking the deep ball. There was, there was quite a few times where I saw him have a deep ball thrown to him, and he just couldn't get to it. I mean, it was probably poorly thrown. He had one drop all year. He couldn't get hands on it. But it was, it was again, it was probably poorly thrown. I don't know. I just think it was poor tra- poor ball tracking from what I saw. Uh, All right, we can agree to disagree. I, I just don't – I don't see – I don't see him being an efficient outside receiver, and I think that it's blasphemy for Howie Roseman to have drafted him over Justin Jefferson. I agree that's dis- with that. That's disgusting, but. and there. And you know what the problem is? After seeing that <laughs> – it's like, man, oh, man, I can't wait for you to screw up again this year. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to pass up in back-to-back years both LSD receivers. Yes. 100%. Yeah, yeah I can see it. <laughs> Is he going to pass up on both Alabama receivers, too? Yeah. We're going to take Justin Fields. Probably. Or, hey, you know it would be a good storyline? If we take if we take the other North Dakota State quarterback. <laughs> oh, man. You and know what? For the first time. I'm done. No more Eagles today. I can't <laughs> do it. I, I can't. I, I, I'm so fed up with it. If you're going to get rid of these people, just do it already. Every, like every morning I wake up, I'm either expecting to see. I I hope that I say, see that Eagles have fired Kelly Roseman. I'm not going to see that. But every day I wake up in fear of Eagles traded wins. Nah, we won't see Eagles fired Howie Roseman until next year when we go uh, or one and fifteen. What, what if we, if if the Eagles go zero and sixteen? Th- this is just I, I straight up mean it. Is that enough for Jeffrey Lurie to finally fire Howie Roseman? If you go 0-4 next year, he's gone. Like, if you start you off sure? 0-4, he's gone. Yeah, but Jeffrey Lurie loves this man. I mean, 
I, I think that he actually loves him, is in love with him. There, There's just no other way that I can see it. It wouldn't surprise me. Let's move on, and let's talk Sixers, because it's a big time of year for the Sixers on the West Coast road trip, and they're, they're not playing great, man. They're playing okay. Um, these games are a little too close. The loss to the Suns. That, that was bad. I mean, before we get into game by game, what are you seeing that's the biggest struggle for them? And we mentioned uh, bench scoring and three-pointers, but is there anything else that's sticking out to you? Well, I mean, we're just getting unlucky, honestly, because, like, against in both games against Portland and, in, and against Phoenix, you know, against Portland, Carmelo goes off like he's never done the last couple of years. Like, how, like, how are you supposed to expect that? And then, you know, we shut down Devin Booker for most of the game, and then he just decides to go off in the fourth quarter. And there's nothing like, like I like I thought we played pretty good defense against him, but he was just hitting shots. Like, there's nothing you can do. And you know, there's there's a lot of instances where we just you know. During a game, we're, we'll just go cold, and like we'll miss like ten straight shots. So that has to get cleaned up. But the biggest thing, like I said, was in with in the intro. I mean, it's you know the three point shooting because you know if they take away Embiid, that's how you're going to beat teams. And you know if you can't if you can't hit the three, then you know there's not really you can do. So and then you know obviously bench scoring. I mean. Against Portland, you know, Carmelo Anthony came off the bench and outscored our entire bench. So, you know, we're missing Shake Milton, in my in my opinion. Um, you know, we're missing his shot creation, his ability to create his own shot, obviously, <clears throat> and you know, ability to just make plays. I mean, him and him and Dwight Howard have a good connection. You know, they have a good thing going. Um, so I think you know, having him not play this this whole this whole uh, road trip is uh, throwing the bench a little out of whack. But, I mean, if a guy goes down, you know, someone's got to step up, and nobody nobody really has on the, off the bench. Um, you know, your boy Tyrese Maxey, you know, has kind of cooled off a little bit. Uh, Furkan's cooled off as of late. You know, so they're definitely missing shake. Um, and then, again, you know, the three-point shooting. I mean, Danny, uh, you talked about it before we, we went, on, went on here. Danny Green's been... You know, nothing special. I mean, he has some good games here and there, but then sometimes, you know, he'll he'll go 0 for 5 from 3. Um, Tobias Harris didn't have a good game against Portland or Phoenix, really. So, you know, hopefully he can bounce back. Um, Joel Embiid's play, doing everything he can. I mean, he's still playing unbelievably. I think Ben Simmons is playing a lot better, in my opinion. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's just a few things that they need to clean up, hopefully, and... Uh, it should be a good one tonight, uh, um, but, you know, if they continue to play like they are, then they're probably not going to win. But they can. They can beat this team. Um, but we'll see what happens. So let's start off with that Kings game. That was a game that they came back and won. Uh, they Again, like you said, I think this game was more the three-point shooting in general. They They weren't shooting the ball well. Yeah, And it just goes to show the team just everything that they were putting up wasn't going down. And you see some college basketball games like that. But by the end of the game, they were shooting, what, 45 percent from three, which is great. But earlier on, they just weren't nailing anything. Yeah. And it's tough. It really is tough out there. I mean, luckily, the Kings kind of cooled off in the fourth and Joel Embiid really went in. But that game shouldn't have been 119-114. It's the Kings. They should have blown them out. The Trailblazers. What happened in your mind in the fourth quarter that Melo was like, I'm going to go four for four for three? I mean, they just, you know, he just he just kept hitting shots. I mean, he was hot. There's no, I mean, there's really nothing they can do. I thought they played him defensively pretty well. I mean, he, you know, he got open a few times, but I mean, he just he was not missing. So, I mean, when when a guy, you know, just doesn't miss, I mean, there's nothing really you can do. 
I mean, you just got to, you know, you play defense on him. If he hits it, he hits it. You know what I mean? So we, you know, we just got him lucky. I mean, he got hot. Um, you know, we kind of took out Damian Lillard. I mean, he, he had 30, but, you know, we kind of mellowed him a little bit in the fourth and then they looked, they looked for someone else and Carmelo was the answer. So, um, you know, and we really didn't have anyone, you know, on that same level that could, you know, compete with him at the time. Like no one was hitting the shots that he was hitting. So no one, you know, no one can go back and forth. And then ultimately they, they pulled out the win. Well, so see, the problem is we also only shot 22% from three. Yeah, well, so that it really yeah. doesn't, it doesn't help. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it obviously doesn't help. And, you know, when you do shoot that way, then it's, you know, it's going to be tougher to win, obviously. But the fact that, you know, it was such a close score, even when we did shoot 22%, I think is a good sign. Now, obviously, you know, not getting the win, you know, it stings because, you know, you could have had that win easily. Um, but the fact that the games are so close with us shooting only 22% from three, I think is a good sign because, you know, you're still playing good defense. You know, you're still finding way to finding ways to get buckets other than a three-point shot. Um, but, you know, obviously, no matter what happens, you're, you're going to have to hit your threes. And uh, so that's something they got to clean up. That that's a pathetic performance. Twenty two percent. Yeah, that's I terrible. mean, this is national. <laughs> this is that's NBA. that's that's last year's stats. Six for twenty seven. Yeah, that's 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 stats you have from last year, not this year. <laughs> well, so, unfortunately, I mean, and then you go up against the Suns and you're shooting forty one from three. Right. So. Uh, the Suns. You just let Booker go off. I think. I mean, Suns are actually like pretty good now. Yeah, you are. You are so out on the Suns. <laughs> they're so good. I I like the team. But no, they, they're they good. Can't. They can't. They can't I mean, lose. I think the Sixers are better than them, but I think that you know, if I mean Booker's, he's uh, he's good, man. He's really good. And then if if DeAndre Aiden can develop, I mean, you know, we have your boy Mikael Bridges there. Um, you know, so they they have a good squad. Um, and if Booker can continue, man, he's he's an unbelievable. And if he gets hot, I mean, you saw it. If he gets hot, then he's he's pretty tough to stop. So, yeah, they they had fourteen players check in against the Sixers. That's insane. It's a very large they, number. I guess they have a deep bench. I guess I don't know. So let, let me ask you, who is the most notable member of the Suns bench that Sixers fans may have forgotten about? Um, Mikhail Bridges starts for them, right? Yep. Former oh. Sixer. A oh, former Sixer? Uh... Oh, dude, you know this. Come on. Oh, I know uh, you. Uh, Dario, Dario Sarge. Yeah. Yeah, he's on Phoenix, right? Yeah. Yeah, he had 15 points himself, so he our didn't have boy, himself a big night. Our boy Dario. I didn't hate Dario. It just, you know, he yeah. wasn't. He was, he was just right. like, just like Rocco. Never, never enough. Yeah. But Robert Covington got his revenge. He did. Yeah, no, nah, I think Broco's developed into a good player. He has. I, I don't hate I him at Darius all. Darius Sarge is probably at the same level as he was, but yeah, man, Rocco, Rocco developed, man. There's a lot of former Sixers that are playing well right now, like Sixers from the old days where we were actually the worst team like ever. Yeah, see, the problem was we paid Rocco after what, like three straight amazing performances, and then he sucked. And then he sucked. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Well, he's out of town, so not my problem anymore. But now, this evening, February 15th, the Sixers face the Utah Jazz in Utah. I'm scared. And I repeat, I'm scared, man. I'm scared. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough game. Utah is, they're deep. They're good, man. They They know how to win. They know how to score. They're they're very well coached in Quinn Snyder, uh, you know. There's they're, they're a really really good team, and they're hot. So 
it's going to be a really tough game. It probably helps that they don't have fans, but I mean, I don't even know if they have fans, but it probably helps that it won't be a you know full house. Uh, but man, are they playing well? Well, the Sixers are only seven and seven in their road games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, but they're. I mean, it's better than last year, honestly. Because last year they went like twelve and fifty on the road. So, well, the problem is on, on top of Donovan Mitchell, don't we have to also look out for Bojan Bogdanovic? Yeah, I mean, everyone, man, everyone on that team can score. Um, well, no, I'm, like I'm going back. I'm going back to your point where it's like if if we shut down someone, right, someone else who's capable will step up and exactly. Yeah, I mean, that could be Bogdanovich. That could be a number of players. I mean, if, if Embiid can shut down Gobert, then that's fine. If if someone like Simmons can shut down Mitchell, then, yeah, you have to worry about Bogdanovich. You have to worry, worry about uh, Joe Ingles, who's a pretty decent player. You have to worry about Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Um, you know, so they're deep. I mean, you know, anyone, really anyone could, could be a threat on that team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but you got to play good defense and – you know, hopefully try to contain Donovan Mitchell and, and you know, hit your shots, basically. It's what it comes down to. So if they, if they take away Embiid, then, you know, you got to be able to hit your shots. And, you know, our bench has to play better. I mean, they have to, they have to start scoring. Furkan has to be better. I mean, Maxi has to be better. Matisse, I mean, Matisse's defense is always great, but offensively he has to be better. Um, so... I think Mike Scott's back even, so maybe he'll get a few minutes in there. But yeah. Oh, Mike Scott's comes officially out. back? I think so, yeah. He's not dead? He's not dead. The okay. Hive is back. Mike Scott Hive. Yep. That's your boy. He is my boy. I love Mike Scott. Excuse me, Mike Scott. Who do you like better, Mike Scott or Tyrese Maxey? Maxey. Wow. No hesitation uh, on that, huh? Yeah, because I, I like Mike Scott a lot. And I lo- I love the fact that when Mike Scott's out, if someone says something absurd to one of his teammates, he will go up to them in a polo and a mask <laughs> and tell them that he will meet them outside yep. without hesitation. That's why I love Mike Scott. Yeah, but if we're talking about the overall future of our team and all things considered, yeah, Maxi. Okay, that's fair. I think that Maxi has a lot of room for development, and I think that him getting time off the bench is really going to help with his development. Yep. And I think that he can move into a bigger role within the team, and he, he does fit the mold. And it was a really good draft pick, and that's why I think it's a shame for him to go in a trade this early. Yeah. Everyone always wants to. Tra- everyone always wants to. Tra- oh, let's let's trade the person we took this year. It's like, well, if you do that every year, we're the Eagles, <laughs> right? Exactly. And it's rare that we actually do have a good draft pick. So. And my thing is, we need to develop our bench, and this is probably, uh, other than the past few games, this is one of the years where we have a successful bench that we can actually rely on later in the game. Yep. That can put up some numbers. So why are we going to decimate the bench? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I agree, man. That that's it. It, it. It's no disrespect to Mike Scott because, you, dude, you know, you know, I'm, I, I love the Hive. Yeah. M- Mike Scott's the man. But the whole team. Yeah, no, I was important. just, I was just curious because you know I know those those two guys are your boys. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love Embiid and Simmons too, but you know, you can't just be a a two person show. You got to root for the whole team. And you know, I yeah. we, we've already apologized to Tobias Harris. Yep. Don't make us regret that. Yep. Okay? Keep it up, baby. You Don't know who made up. us regret it? A former Philadelphia Eagle made us regret it. And now, he's okay again. Yep. God. Sometimes sports makes me want to just pour a glass of whiskey and uh, make all my sorrows go away. But let's look at the next. Let's look at the next few games for the Sixers. Um, a- after Utah, they take on the Rockets on Wednesday, and then the Bulls coming up on Friday. Um, I mean, if they don't beat the Bulls, Chip, 
I, I, I fully anticipate ESPN to just laugh at us. They do that anyway. <laughs> Even when we're actually good, they find a way to crap on us. Yeah, see, the Rockets worry me a little bit because, uh, I mean, they're they're not great, and uh, Oladipo's been out, but I think that I think that that's going to be a tight game. It's at home, which helps. So it helps, but we're not going to have any fans because we live in Philadelphia, where that's illegal. Yeah, but we're just, I mean, you know, you're seeing it in the record at home right away. We're just better at home for some reason. I don't know what it is, but we just are. So, yeah, I don't, even without fans, I'm just going to ride with it. Well, let's let's move on to uh, we, we got two more things to cover. We got the Flyers. They all have covid. Every single last one of them have COVID. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Oh, no, I know they all don't have it, but uh, a lot of the key players do have COVID. Uh, the next time they play a hockey game, it will have at least been two weeks since their last game. I fully <laughs> anticipate them coming out rusty. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm hoping not dead fish rusty. Well, you never know. We have seen the dead fish come out from time to time. Yeah, you know, it's like sometimes watching a Flyers play is like watching an oil company spill oil into a lake and watching the fish just plop up. Yep, that's dead fish for you. But uh, we don't really have anything to cover for the Flyers because they haven't been playing. Now, there is one thing of the Flyers I have to cover. Um, Gritty has been going... He's just been nude a lot lately. He's just been straight up naked. If you follow his Twitter page, uh, he got painted naked. And he put out a Valentine's Day video, which was. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, he's a work of art. Yeah, he didn't need to be painted. He already is a work of art. That's what I'm saying. But he needs to be remembered for the history books. You know what I mean? He is going to be remembered in the history books because he's the best mascot ever. Yeah. But someone had to do it. Yeah. It's just like how people painted, you know, old Kings and all that stuff. They have to be remembered for how much of a, just a great man. He is just gritty is gritty and gritty is King. At least. Of the Wells Fargo Center. He's king of Philadelphia. How about that? I, st- I still remember the stadium series game where it was in the intermission between one of the periods and Gritty just starts running around nude. Mm-hmm. And the the, annou- the PA announcer is like, Gritty, he's streaking! And everyone's going crazy. <laughs> Excuse me, I almost cursed because it was all it was just an who's, awesome whose idea was it to be like, all right, the Flyers haven't had a mascot, so we're gonna make one. But his thing is he's just gonna be naked all the time. Not only <laughs> naked all the time, just and absolutely genius. crazy. Like I, I by absolutely crazy, I mean just does what he wants. And you know what? That is pretty baller. That's genius. Because I, I I feel like he learned from the Philadelphia, from the Philly it's fanatic. You're you're in the perfect city to do that because we love that. So if our mascot comes out naked and streaks on the ice or the field or whatever it is, you know we're going nuts for him. So whoever thought of that is a freaking genius. I'm just gonna say that. And I when- love Gritty. We were on this podcast the day after Gritty came out. We were like, I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Then a lot of every, people were scared of him. Well, uh, and this goes back to the sentiment that everything that Philadelphians love has to be generally hated first. Yeah, it's true. Like we need everything that we enjoy to be hated before we can like it. For example, Flyers back in the day, Broad Street Bullies. Everyone else hated them. We love them. Yep. 
the Eagles when they were the underdogs. Everyone hated us. Everyone was doubting us. But no, we won. Sixers, the process. The process. Everyone hated the process. I mean, even we hated the process, but but look at us now. And now the Phillies. They've been generally hated for the past how many years now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably forever, honestly. Do you think uh, this year is the year? I, I, okay, let's do some predictions for this year. Pitchers and catchers report in two days. Yeah. So is this the year that they finally crack the 500? <laughs> Uh, man, I hope so. <laughs> I think it is. Um, we probably say that every year, but I don't know. I mean, cause the lineup is good. You know, like they were, you know, it's relatively the same lineup as last year. I mean, it really is. Um, and they were good offensively. So the only thing that held us back was our pitching last year. Um, and we made some, you know, we made some decent improvements, you know, nothing huge, but some good improvements, like, you know, obviously bringing in Archie Bradley was huge for them. Um, and that trade with, with Tampa to get Jose Alvarado, I think he's going to be great here. Signed someone um, in the Braves bullpen, too. I just can't think of his name. Uh, we signed Brandon Kinsler like, last week or a few days ago. So I think that was yep. a decent signing. Uh, so we're just bringing in a lot of vets, you know, who have been around the block. And, you know, hopefully some of them can, you know, have some good years for us. Because, uh, we, man, we need it. Um. You know, if Nola can 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 be the type of guy that he we know he could be, and Zach Wheeler can play the way he did last year, um, our rotation should be fine. If Eflin can be you know consistent, then that's all we need. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the pitching will be better. Um, you know, not league worst, hopefully. And then the lineup should be you know should be the same as last year and should be good offensively so i think we will crack you know the 500 mark um you know will we make the playoffs i don't know because this division is so competitive with atlanta being good new york being good uh you know miami made the playoffs last year um and even washington you know still is a good team so this division is going to be um this division is going to be really really competitive it's probably the best division in the mlb right now um so we'll see what happens but i'm uh i'm you know i'm optimistic but we'll see I think that they're going to land somewhere between 80 and 85 wins. Yeah, that's that's about fair. That's about fair. It, it, and, and again, this is just uh, – I don't have any strong prediction on it because I don't know how this team is going to play. We, we, we saw the offense streaky. We saw the pitching horrible. Yeah. And it, it really does depend on how a guy like a Zach Eflin does pitch. Right. If he's finally figured it out and can be a consistent three man in the rotation, yep, that's fine. And I don't mean get a bunch of wins. I don't think wins are as accurate a yeah tracker of a pitcher's success anymore. I, I feel like uh, ERA, WHIP, yep, that, that's the way to do it. But yeah, I mean it's definitely way to the way to look at you know success. Because uh, we saw, you know, a couple of years ago, Jacob Degrom, you know, had like he was like 500 with his win loss, but he he had like a one, you know, uh, a sub two ERA and won the Cy Young. So you're definitely right. I mean, wins and losses aren't as big of a stat for pitchers as, like you said, ERA, WHIP. Uh, I mean, you, know, you saw the same thing with Felix Hernandez when he right. was on the Mariners, 11 and 14, and won the Cy Young. Exactly. So yeah, that's what you look for. You just, you, you got to look for the ERA. I think Eflin, you know, could be, you know, he, he could be a three ERA guy, um, but who knows? If he has a three ERA guy, he figured it out, That's at correct. least to his capacity. Yeah, yeah 100%. And, uh, if he ends the year with a three six three ERA at 11 and 15, That's like, awesome. you know what, man, fine. Yeah, I would take that. 100% I would take that. That's a good year for him. Yep, I agree. And I think I, I think that's what a lot of the fans need to realize. Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done for the Phillies organization. Yeah. It's going to come over the next few years. But you were able to sign JT Realmuto, who's a big yep. piece. You have Bryce Harper, who's a staple in the lineup now. If you can somehow develop a guy like an Adam Hazley um, and, you know, 
how do I put it this way? I need to put this lightly. Um, how to make Scott Kingery not suck again. <laughs> yeah. Just and something. If, you know, if Alec Boehm can continue, you know, his his hot streak that he was on last year, then yeah. I mean, like, like I said, this lineup has the potential to be really, really good. Um, it just comes with our pitching. So we'll see what happens. But And going back to Eflin for a minute. You know, if if that was the stat line for Aaron Nola, we'd be upset because he's a he's a top of the rotation guy. But like we said for Eflin, if that's Eflin's stat line, you, you have to take that because you know we we've seen Eflin pitch for you know what is it three four years now, so we know we know what kind of his ceiling is now. So again, if that's his stat line, that's what you take. But if Nola throw, throws a stat line like that, then yeah, we're gonna be upset because we know how good he can be. Same thing with Zach Wheeler. So that's why those two guys are at the top of the rotation as opposed to Eflin. Um, you know, and same thing, you know, we signed Matt Moore, who finally we have a lefty, and hopefully he'll make the team and, and be in the rotation. Um, you know, same thing with him. If he, you know, if he can throw a three ERA, like three six, then you take that, because like like you said, he's a, he's a third or fourth starter rotation. Um, so that's what it's going to take. Is, is there anything else that the Phillies can at least acquire other than maybe just having some <clears throat> luck from their minor uh, league organization. Yeah. I mean, I think you could maybe add one more reliever to the, to the mix just to see how they do at spring training. And then if they don't, you know, if they don't perform well, then, you know, you let them go obviously, but you know, the more arms, the better. Uh, Cause you know, you just get, you just got to get as many eyes as you can on as many arms as you can. Cause like, like we said, the bullpen was horrible last year. They were the, the league worst. So really anyone can just come in and if they pitch well, then, you know, give them a shot. Um, and we did, we, we did that. We signed a lot of veteran guys um, who have been around and, and have had success in the past. So hopefully it'll work out for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you could, and maybe sign one more starter, you know, to, to compete for that fifth spot. Um, and not give it to Vince Velasquez immediately. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, so, I think yeah, the Phillies, the Phillies are going to be active this year on the trade market. I really do believe that, especially bringing in Dombrowski. Um, yeah. I, I see, I see moves being made, but I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't really researched the market this year. That hasn't really been my focus. Um, Carson Wentz has been my focus because this is just yeah. becoming irritating. Yeah. And as baseball season approaches and spring training comes underway all that information will just start to come out and be more talked about. And that's when we can have a full, well-rounded discussion about it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm definitely more excited now that we brought back guys like JT and DD and uh, actually signed some veteran guys. So I'm definitely more excited than I was a couple weeks ago, but um, you know, and again, like I said, I'm optimistic, but not too optimistic because again, this division is going to be really tough. Well, I, I think it was good to re-sign Didi Gregorius. I think yeah. out of all the free agents, he was he had a really good season last year. Yeah. Um, he was seeing the ball well, and he's a good defender too. I don't understand why the NL didn't approve the universal DH. I feel like that would have helped out. I was stupid. I don't know why they didn't do that. I mean, the players agreed, so you know they they I guess they agree with the MLB, but. As fans, I mean, it just makes it better, in in my opinion, but, oh, well. Well, the, the MLB also uh, slight, slightly deadened the balls. Yeah, they did. They changed the balls, yeah. Uh, because of all the home runs being hit. So we're really going to see how that pans out. Yep. Um, I got nothing left on the Phillies, though. Uh, do you have anything else to discuss? Because I have one more thing. No, go for it, man. You know... I am a big Villanova fan, and they have been struggling mightily lately. However, you know, I still am a huge fan of the tournament. Yep. It's my favorite time of year mm-hmm. because I sit in my office at work <laughs> and I watch the tournament. People are talking to me, and I got games on everywhere. <laughs> Just games on games on games. Keep checking my brackets to make sure they're not busted already. Yep, which they probably were. And even if they are, I want to compare them to everyone else's to see who's winning <laughs> and who's losing and who did worse, who's is busted worse than mine. Is there yep. still a chance that I win a couple hundred dollars? 
it is the best time of year. And I, I do want to say that I love the setup. It's all in Indianapolis this year. That yep. is banging. Did you hear what the schedule is for the tournament? I did not. Dude, hold on. Let me look it up for you because it's actually that interesting. I I will say that they – I'm really glad they're doing – you know, they're taking a page out of the NBA's book and keeping it all – like having everyone go there. I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. Um, so shout out to the NCAA, man. Uh, I think they're going to – you know, hopefully everything goes well there. Hopefully no one – you know, no team has to like get postponed or something like that. Um but yeah, man, if they can pull this off, it'd be huge for the NCAA. So here it is. The schedule is Selection Sunday is March 14th. Okay. The first four, the play-in games, start at 4 p.m. on Thursday, March 18th. The first round starts Friday, March 19th, and Saturday, March 20th. Oh, yeah, dude. The second round... Starts Sunday, March 21st, and Monday, March 22nd. Mm-hmm. I am, dude, that's just, I am stoked. That's the best weekend. The Potentially of the. It gets the, better, Chip. No, the best, the, I think, in my opinion, the best weekend is that first round weekend. Yeah, the round of 64. Yeah, because all the teams are playing. You get to see how everyone does, and like, oh, it's just great. It's great. And there's so many games on, like, and there's like four channels that you go through that have each of the games on. Oh, it's just it's, and then you're filling out your brackets every time someone wins, and it's, it's, uh, if you're a sports fan, then March Madness is definitely one of the highlights of the year. Did I fit? Did I say the second round? Yeah. All right, so that's the 21st and 22nd. Sweet 16 is March 27th and 28th. The Elite Eight is Monday, March 29th, and Tuesday, March 30th. Wow. Okay. The Final Four is Saturday, April 3rd, and the Championship Game is April 5th. Yep. Dude, I cannot believe it. Yeah, man. Like I said, hopefully they pull it off, man, because that – we need it. We, I mean, we, we we just need some kind of – positive sports thing going on i mean i know we have the nba but um man do we need it chip i'm gonna be real with you i remember walking into nrg stadium like it was yesterday yeah i know you told me all the time but like could you just okay from your from not from your perspective but could you imagine being a part of a moment in sports like that one of the greatest, if not the greatest shot in NCAA history. I know I can't imagine it because I didn't. You can because you were there. I, yeah, I was there. I, w- I was there. Now, he was hammered, but. You know, I actually wasn't all that hammered because they did a very thorough search of us outside. Oh, um, uh, now, in Kentucky at the KFC Yum Center. Um, they were just checking for metal, you know, as long as you didn't have any weapons or things like that on you, you're good. But at NRG, they were checking pretty much your cavities too. Hmm. But, oh, I can't wait for the NCAA tournament, man. It is the best time of year. I love it so much. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta smoke my disappointment cigarette if Villanova loses, but that's about it. Oh God. (laughs) All right, on that note, I think we've reached our destination for the day. Thanks for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the P- go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us there on Anchor. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on iHeartRadio now. Feel free to give us a listen where you find all your favorite podcasts. We're trying to get everywhere we can, and if you can't find us there, email us at phlthebandwagon at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me at PHL Ryan Michaels. You can follow Chip at PHL Chip Tiernan. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the PHL Bandwagon. You can also find us on Twitter now at the PHL Bandwagon. Uh, 
please, please, please engage us with our polls. We really do appreciate the constant communication with the fans. We really like to hear different perspectives every single week because it really does give us something to talk about, honestly. There's just so many people out there, and some of the takes are absolutely horrendous, and I'm sorry to say it. And some of them are like, huh, I never looked at it that way. And that's the cool part. But I got nothing left to say, so we'll see you at the next stop. Go Birds!